You're listening to CivCast on the Kyle Dempster Studios Network. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash CivCast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of CivCast. My name is Kyle, and I'm joined by my co-host here today, Dan. Hello, Dan. Hello, sir. How are you today? I'm pretty good. Uh, I had a good Saturday night, so I'm surprisingly chipper. Hooray! And uh, let's let's hear how our friend Valter is doing. Valter, how's it going? I'm melting slowly, but I'm doing fine otherwise. Uh, yeah, I feel you. We got into the 90s here. That's in Fahrenheit, everybody. 90s Fahrenheit. Uh, so it's pretty <laughs> hot this weekend. Your, your crazy devil temperatures. I know. Yeah. They are devil temperatures in more ways than one. But uh, we got to jump in here and talk about some things related to Civ, uh, Civ 6. You know, we do that here on the show. Uh, first of all, uh, we're going to be talking mainly about the new CivCast challenge we've got lined up for June. Uh, by the way, welcome to June. We're four days in already. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? Our good friend of the show, Yonker, made a great unique units list, so we're going to go talk about that later on. But first, I want to talk here. Let's flip over the camera. Oh, yeah, by the way, everyone, we're streaming live on YouTube and Twitch. So if you're someone catching the podcast uh, in retrospect, but you want to start tuning in for the show, uh, there's an easy link for that. That is civcastpodcast.com backslash live. I guess that's forward slash live. I always confuse those two. But anyway, you can get to it uh, right from the site and you'll be able to join us live here. But one thing I wanted to talk about this week is that we are partnering up uh, with this awesome group online called Non-Toxic Gaming. You can see here, if you're watching live, we got the, the webpage pulled up. Uh, really, really, really cool group of people. So the reason we kind of partnered with them is uh, they have an awesome approach to everything online. First of all, the thing that stands out to me the most is they're creating a non-toxic community, which is something we do here all the time. We are one of those shows that is not using slurs or bullying people or anything like that, other than me on a weekly basis threatening to fire Dan and Valter. Uh, that, that's about as harmful as it gets yeah. here. And, and they have thick enough skin for that, I hope. Uh, they're, they're still here, at least, so that's something. But uh, this is an awesome group of people. They're really, really supportive on on Twitter and everything like that. They're a really, really cool group, and most of them are a bunch of streamers. So if you are interested in either partnering with that community, uh, you can go to nontoxicgaming.com, or if you're just looking for another cool group of people to follow, look, we're, we're up there on the site. Uh, I also kind of forgot to, to share our thing to tell everyone that we're live streaming, but there you go. Uh, oh, look, here's CivCast down there. So if you want any of our stuff, there's also more links up there. But check out these really cool people and uh, see what they're all about. They're always doing charity streams and cool things like that. I think they do a lot of um, – they do stuff with that Extra Life charity, and I've seen them promote stuff around the St. Jude's charity. Uh, so just overall, really, really, really cool group of people. I think I remember seeing them do stuff with that RPG Limit Break thing two, two weeks ago. So they're pretty involved in the community and they do wonderful things. I think we can all agree because sometimes the, uh, the community around online games is, well, I mean, they use the word toxic. That's probably the right way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're someone watching on Twitch, we also have it linked uh, down below in the little panel area so you can find them there but you're right dan they're there i saw it on their website before i can't find it right now but they've got a page with all of their uh wonderful charities and stuff that they're helping out so definitely go go give these guys a follow go check them out they're really cool uh but dan how about i throw it back to you so you can line it up and talk to us about the civcast challenge for june for sure so uh we have streamlined it a little bit this month i think that well, I mean, okay, to be fair, last month was pretty straightforward. It was pretty streamlined. But this month, we uh, have some pretty specific uh, recommendations and guidelines for the Sidcast Challenge. So we have been talking about uh, tier lists a lot lately, mainly because it's a fun discussion and also because we have no news to talk about. Um, but one of our better discussions was the uh, tier list discussion we had. It was two weeks ago when, as it pertained to um, SIVs and their specific victory types for tier lists. Um, and it really kind of inspired me to, to think about new ways to play certain civs. I think that um, because we're all smart gamers and we're all, I don't know, optimized gamers, um, if we get a specific civ, we tend to focus on playing it in accordance with their strengths, which I think is fair. It's only fair. Um, and so 
I looked at the tier list and being the nice guy that I am, I tried to find the two most difficult scenarios for everyone to uh, execute for the Zipcast challenge this week and, or sorry, this month. And I talked to Kyle about it. Uh, I talked to Voucher about it. And we came to the agreement that uh, probably the two most difficult Civ victory type conditions um, are a science victory in Norway and a religious victory with Sumeria. So with that being said, those are the guidelines for the challenge this month. So I'll run it down a bit more specifically. The Civ you are choosing is either Norway or Sumeria. Now, you, we're going to play it with um, seven AI. So it's an eight, uh, eight Civ map. What size is that? Is that large? Let me check. I yeah. think it, it, it's that no standard. Uh, so the, the game defaults to small as the map size, but standard is the average map for eight players. Okay, that makes sense then. So standard is the map size. Your victory type is going to be contingent upon whom you're playing. So if you are playing Norway, your victory type is going to be science because, well, a Norwegian science victory is pretty anachronistic as far as this game goes. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. If you are playing Sumeria, you are going to be going for a religious victory because much along the same lines as Norway with science, Sumeria doesn't exactly have a lot of synergy with a religious victory. Um, the map type is also going to be Civ dependent. So if you are going with Norway and your science victory, the map type that you're going to be playing is Pangea because it has no water. And I, I, I like making things hard on you. Sorry. <laughs> um, and if you're playing Sumeria, the map type you're going with is going to be islands because they are not a naval focused Civ. And this will require you to bring your Brogamesh religion to others via the sea which won't be terribly easy, I don't think. Um, <clears throat> so the hope is that not only are you gonna be playing, you know, maybe Civs that you haven't tried before, but you're gonna be playing them in a completely different way. And actually, I would, we would love to hear the feedback from you guys as it pertains to this, with regards to whether this is a, um, a viable thing, I guess would be the, the best way for me to put it. Whether you, your experiment with either Norway and a science victory or Sumeria with a religious victory changed your approach to either the Civ or that specific type of victory. Um, because if I'm playing a science victory or playing for a science victory with uh, China or Arabia, it's easy. Um, but just thinking about trying to play for one with Norway makes me sweat a little. It makes me a little uh, makes me a little moist. Um, so <laughs> great. So yeah, man. So you know, with with regards to your feedback, you know, um, in the Reddit uh, Reddit slash R slash Sibcast or. Uh, via Twitter with the hashtag Sipcast Challenge. Let us know how you changed your approach to the game um, with this kind of unique setup. Um, a couple more uh, housekeeping things with regards to it. It's all going to be standard, so resources, um, game speed, start position, all that standard. Um, yeah, the map size was the eight map, which was standard, I believe you guys said. Mm -hmm. um, your difficulty is going to be Emperor because I think that, that makes the most sense. Um, and that one seems to be the, the best blend between challenge and actual achievability. And um, yeah, I think I think that about covers it. Nothing nothing else specific as it pertains to that. But um, definitely in your feedback and when you're cataloging this, let us know how your approach changed. Make sure that you just remember Norway, science, Pangea, or Sumeria, religious islands. That's probably the, the most important thing um, for you to remember. Your opponent, your pardon me, your opponents could be whomever. Um, I think that about covers it. I think that covers it. You're right. So uh, we will go ahead and put that up on our Reddit, which is uh, civcast.reddit.com is a nice, easy way to get to it. Uh, we'll have a post up there, the sticky. Uh, remember to put your thing in the sticky, your actual victory in there. Uh, that seems to be the place that we are gathering them all from. We didn't have anyone submit via Twitter last month, which is totally okay. I kind of like it being centralized in that way. It's still still very viable. We just use hashtag CivCastChallenge in your victory tweet, and we will uh, check for that at the end of the month. But if we start to see that uh, that Reddit becomes the hub for it, that might eventually fade out. Who knows? Well, that's for a much later date, but we'll see as we go. Uh, so speaking of Reddit... Uh, like I said, our friend Yonker made this awesome list for us, which I'm going to pull up here on the screen. Where are you, list? Here we transition. There we go. 
So we got a nice list here. Unique unit tier list. Uh, and Yonker said, because I did a playthrough with all the civs and leaders, I figured I might put my expertise with the unique units in a spreadsheet. I use them to make a tier list, but I'm a casual player, so I don't take it too seriously. Curious as uh, what your take is on the tiers. He also gave us another link here, which... Let's see, I don't know if this is going to pull up well in the window or not. Okay, oh, cool. Okay, so this is the uh, actual actual Excel sheet here. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to get that in screen. It looks like it. Okay. It is beautiful, though. It is beautiful. It has yeah, it's so much really well done. Look at that. I, I just have one remark to the Sifcast challenge. I, oh, yeah. no, not a remark, more of a request to everybody doing it with Sumeria the religious way. Please, please, please call your religion Brokemesh. I love that so much. Please yeah. do that. Or Christianity or Broslam or something like that. It it it's, it sounded so good when Ben said it. I just had to kind of please please make my day and and do that. Do that. Do that for Valtor and you'll win bonus points. <laughs> Hear that, everybody? Bonus points. Okay, guys. So looking at this list, both uh, both on the one that's on pure Reddit and uh, the the unique one, let's let's go through this and see how we uh, what we think of it. I really like he broke it down by ancient or by eras. So you got ancient, classical, medieval, Renaissance, industrial, and so on and so forth. Funny that there's only one in the atomic era with the P fifty one Mustang. Uh, and it's crap. <laughs> well, yeah, that that also <laughs> will lead Valter to another conversation about uh, airplanes and air combat. But uh, oh, we'll, yeah. we'll save that for a little bit later in the show. Uh, where do you guys want to start with this? I, I really love the breakdown. we got leaders, uh, what it replaces, the effects, multiple effects, tiers. I guess let's start, let's start era-wise and, and go through that way. Does that work for you two? Yep. Okay. So one of my favorite uh, cultures in the world, the Aztec, started us off with our Eagle Warrior, which is a replacement to the Warrior. It gets a pure uh, melee increase. Now, we're not going to go through like this with every single one because you guys can read. But uh, just to kind of give you a sample of what we're looking at here. So it gets, a, it gets an extra melee attack, strength, I should say. Uh, effect number two is it captures uh, defeated enemies and turns them into builders. This is historically accurate. The Aztecs did that. And uh, he, I like how he writes here at the end what tier it is, but also uh, kind of a summary of it. He says, ridiculously OP in slow games because you get a lot of free builders. Uh, which yeah. ones stand out to you guys? Let me hear some thoughts. I mean, for the, the, the things that are S tier, um, uh, I mean, he put the, uh, the Eagle Warriors there, definitely. Uh, I also completely agree with the Conquistador, even though some people are like, no, it's not that good. No, it's really, really good. You <laughs> just need to play differently. And and the Cossacks as well. I love it. Uh, it's great. Absolutely great. Dan, anything that really stands out to you? Eagle Warrior is the best unique unit in the game. I'm just looking at it by era, and I feel like pound for pound, the um, and I wonder what your guys' thoughts on this are, the unique units in the ancient era are almost all five of them. So we have the Eagle Warrior with the Aztecs, the Warcart with the Sumerians, the Hoplet with the Greeks, the Mariano Chariot Archer with the Egyptians, and the Viking Longship with the Norwegians. All of them are good. And he's got the Eagle Warrior in S tier, which I agree with. I would also put the Warcart in S tier. I find the Warcart to be maybe the most terrifying unit in the game because when you see that in the ancient era on your doorstep, you see three Warcarts. You're pretty, you're pretty screwed. Um, so I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the war cards. Um, as he mentions here, no penalty against anti-cab plus one movement, ignore zone of control and available from the start. Also, you don't need to research the wheel. It doesn't have a huge stat boost, but it's a fantastic unit. Um, so ancient era units, uh, pardon me, unique units pound for pound for me are the best. Um, and I would put them all at least in B tier. I know that he has the Viking longship in C tier. I find that to be a fantastic unit, um, especially in like an islands map where you can pillage and capture civilians. The thing is, it's so situational. I mean, it is a cool cool gimmick. Literally, he's, he uses <laughs> the word gimmick as well uh, for capturing civilians. But that gimmick is actually what makes it viable because by itself, it's not that amazing. But the fact you can pillage and capture, that is where the true strength of the longship comes from because capturing a civilian unit like a settler, that's huge. But then again, I mean, it's limited range because it's only on, on a coastline. It makes it so bad. 
And and the other thing I would add to that voucher is, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of the time the AI, at least in my opinion, they're not always moving. I mean, like you said, very situational. I rarely run into a settler on the coast at the right time that even if I had a long ship that I could do anything about it. Like, it's just not, it's so situational that I wonder how many games you could go through without that ever being applicable. I don't know. It depends on the map type mostly because True. when I play Norway, then I wouldn't want to play on, on at least continents and preferably islands and something like that. And then it actually becomes quite viable. But if you play Pangea, I just might not oh, bother with it. Yeah, no, not at all on Pangea. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine that working there. I mean, even, but I'm, my, I guess what I'm trying to say is even on islands, like I, I just don't see me being in the right spot at the right time unless I made sure to kind of like make a blockade of them around the coast just to try and catch people in the area. That being said, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't now, know. Now, islands is actually quite viable. I, I've played a, a deity game with the, the Vikings on islands, and I remember that Spain was really close to me. We had a really early war with Spain. Okay. And I remember capturing, like, two, maybe three builders that way, which is huge. Yeah. Then again, you could roll the Aztecs and just take everyone. That's the difference, I guess, between those two, right? Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong in your point, but we are talking like you're trying to, you know, throw something. You're throwing something into the dark there, hoping. But if you just roll the Aztecs, it's like a guarantee. No, the the, the Eagle Warrior is also a chance to capture. Uh, not every combat that you win, you capture it, I believe. So oh, that, I don't know. I mean, I've had super bad luck with that. Uh, has a chance to capture all the civilian military units by turning them into builders. And every time that I attack with my Eagle Warriors, I've had super bad luck and really? almost never uh, a, a builder pops out. I don't know the exact percentage chance of that either. So it could be that it is a relatively low chance. But um, the, the fact for me why the Eagle Warrior is so amazing is also kind of a combination why the Aztecs are a really good domination or, or aggressive civ in general. Uh, is that their melee bonus is increased above the normal warrior, but you also get plus one extra strength for every luxury resource that you have. Usually you have two of them at least around, probably three. That means that they become so much stronger than most early game uh, units that they can even become on par with, with uh, enemy swordsmen and stuff like that. And that's really what the power of the Eagle Warrior is, in my opinion. Huh, that, that's very interesting. I'm wondering I'm wondering if anyone has found out kind of what a percentage chance is. I'm looking through some stuff online, but uh, try killing other civs yeah. and other city-states. Get builders 50% chance is what someone says on here. I don't know if there's any real math behind their answer, but... Uh, I'm really unlucky then. <laughs> <laughs> You're just rolling the opposite one every time. I mean, it's a coin toss, uh, but the coin can flip the wrong way every single time. That is so true. So true. Uh, his, uh, God damn. Sorry, I was going to say, Kyle, his S tier is interesting. Um, so he's got the uh, the Cossack, the Minas Carias, the, the Brazilian battleship, the Digger, the uh, Eagle Warrior, and one other I'm missing. What I might have S-tier? broke this thing, by the way. Can I not go backwards after I just sorted it? You can refresh the list and it will go back to the... To oh, goody. Because I just... Yeah. Oh, okay, there we go. Thanks, Valter. Live tech tip. Sorry, Dan. Go no, ahead. Good. I'm good at this stuff. You're good. I am curious about the Minas Gerais in S tier. Um, I, I think I built one once because I only really played one Brazilian game to any sort of fruition. Um, is it really that good? It depends on the map type of game. If you're playing Pangea, no. But if you're playing something different, then it could be really good, especially because it becomes available uh, an area earlier as in uh, it, it is available with nationalism, which is an industrial civic, while it normally becomes available with steel, uh, it, which is a modern um, science thing. So if you focus a little bit more on culture, which is very viable as as Brazil, you can push them out really early and just wreck the entire naval game. Then becomes the point, is the naval game that powerful that you could actually give it an S tier. I don't think so, unfortunately. I think just by the sheer fact that it is a naval unit, 
it can't be an S-tier unit because naval units are just that bad. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. I, I don't disagree, but, though. But beyond that, yeah. like, like Junker saying in chat, um, any coastal city is yours. Absolutely true. Yeah, point. that's fair enough. I mean, looking at his list, too, and it is a curious list. I agree with most of it. Um, there's a couple that I see that I would probably bump up or bump down. For instance, the Samurai at B tier. I think the Samurai is better than that. Maybe it's a little situational, but I always find the Samurais to just be, particularly when you're fighting against them as AI, to really kind of be fantastic at stopping any kind of offensive on your part. Um, his D tier, and I kind of wanted to talk about this too, his D tier, he has the Immortal, and we've trashed the Immortal a ton. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> we we have. It's our it's our favorite hobby horse. It really um, is. But on the Reddit, the the subreddit post, uh, PGM one two three had an interesting post where he or she talks about how the immortal is actually um, they think a pretty good unit. And the reasons that he or she gives um, one is that it exerts a zone of control, meaning it could set up a city siege with only one or two immortals. While archers need massive melee support, and that's true. Um, <clears throat> And he says he also thinks that the, uh, sorry, in addition, as a ranged unit, it doesn't take damage when it attacks the city. Sorry, I missed that part. And then he also talks about how it works really well with Cyrus's other abilities. Um, the one time I played, I didn't build many Immortals, and I was underwhelmed by it, and certainly Yonkers underwhelmed by it. I know the two of you really aren't huge fans, but I wonder if there's any kind of um, legitimacy to what PGM is saying here, whether you guys would agree with that. I think... I think that in theory there is. I, I I think that his idea or their idea in that post makes sense. I mean, so if you're just to build them, they're stronger versions of archers in that way. Send them up there. They can get the tur a tortoise uh, uh, promotion so they get less damage when cities attack them. And I, don't the archers get some sort of promotion like that too? Or am I crazy? They get a bonus uh, defense? I think, I think they get something like that. Um, I mean... I did a post about a month ago oh, on the okay. subreddit why immortals are bad and how I would change them. And it's part uh, quite a bit of discussion because like I really, really hate the immortal. I actually rather have a swordsman than the stupid immortal. Fine. There's so I mean, much passion in your voice. I love it. I, I, because it's such a bad you I tried I tried uh, a game with it and see if it is actually viable to do a couple of mortals. No, I didn't didn't want it. Uh, maybe just a lot of immortals. I didn't want it either. And I I, I it was one of the week uh, weeks that we didn't have a Civ call, so I had to vent somewhere because I couldn't do it here. And I just made a post on the Reddit about it, and uh, people generally agreed with me. Some people disagreed, but yeah, they just need a small push to become actually useful, in my opinion. I don't think they're useful at all. Did you hear that, everybody? Quick interjection. Valter is basically saying this show is like a mental health benefit for him. See what you guys are doing? You guys yep. are giving him an outlet, a healthy outlet. I love it. <laughs> Love it. If nothing else, that's what we do here. Uh, uh, Yonker, you're being too too hard on yourself in, in chat. He said, perhaps the immortal was <laughs> easier for me because I'm not that good at the game. No, I don't think you're not good at the game. I think uh, I think that these units take a little bit of time and effort to, uh, to get into the swing of. So, no, I think you're fine at the game or good at the game, but... Uh, you know, maybe maybe take that person's advice and try it out. Then maybe move them up a tier if, if that works for you. I'd actually be really curious, Yonker. If you get a chance, I'd love to hear how that strategy works for you if you're interested. I mean, no, the mortar shouldn't move up a tier. I will Come fight on. tooth and nail to keep it at D tier. I would actually make an F tier specifically for the immortal. Wow. That's harsh. That's harsh. You got to fit the P51 Mustang in there. <laughs> That's a, that's a completely different discussion, but yes. <laughs> Can perform... Yeah, what is the point of the P-51? Like, what... It, okay, ranged. Uh, okay, so it gets five more strength. Uh, it gets... Wait, its range is decreased? Is that what that's saying? Am I reading this wrong? Ranged 80? No, that's to, probably a typo. That from 80 to 85. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, so it gets five more range. Uh... Plus five melee versus fighters, which that never happens for me ever. Uh, can perform patrols at plus two range, plus 50% XP 
that could be useful for a little bit, but no, that 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 keeps that tier. Uh, it deserves D tier, in my opinion. Just the sheer fact that it's an aircraft, it deserves the D tier. Well, okay then. Uh, I I kind of I mean, like them. Even for, even for an upgrade, um, there it's not. I mean, the exper- ex- extra experience can be really nice. I don't think that's really useful on this unit. There are a lot of units where I would love to have fifty percent extra experience. That would make it so amazing. But on the Mustang, it's completely wasted upon it. The extra range is actually useful, but still a plane, and it's still not good. Going to give a shout-out to yeah. the Redcoats who managed to get to the A tier. You go, guys. Love you. They're great. Sea Dog came in at a B tier. That's pretty good. I'll take that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. The one uh, thing that's always so curious for me is that we just fawn over Germany in this show, and yet the U-boat is a is a definitely a bottom tier unique unit. The U-boat is. I don't think I've ever built a U-boat. The U-boat's crap. Yeah, me neither. And and that just shows how strong Germany is. That their unit unit is trash, but they're still one of the best <laughs> civilizations in the game. Rolling my eyes at you, I guess. <laughs> Sorry, Yonker. Our Nightbot is attacking Yonker in chat. Pretty sassily. What? You, did you think I was gone forever? Stop posting links. No, Nightbot. Yeah, <laughs> links get auto. auto uh... I'm, I'm sorry. Wow, what did it do? Del- delete all his messages? No, they're still there. You can just click on them and you can see it. Oh, man, Yonker. I'm sorry. Nightbot's rude. I will uh, at some point today figure that out. And maybe get him on. Is there an approved list that we can let people post? Because Yonker deserves it. Sorry, dude. Didn't mean to sidetrack us. I just thought that the sass from that AI was pretty entertaining. Yeah, but <laughs> like, like he he said, like uh, he thought that the range was decreased. It's it's not. It has plus two flight range. So uh, and uh, the the range combat strength is also increased from uh, eighty to eighty five. So it is an increase. Look, as long as we can, as long as we can all agree that a the Eagle Warrior is the best unique unit in the game, and b Russia is a better sit than Germany, then I think this well, is a conversation. I'm not sure if the Eagle Warrior is the best unique unit in the game, though. It's good, but I don't know, man. I I, I probably would take a digger any time of the week. <laughs> digger, don't, there it is. I had I did sure. it for you. I beat Fine. you to it. <laughs> Uh, who else? Let's see. I want to see someone else that stands out to me on here. Uh, I like that I added a little custom filter to this thing so we can clear them and look by a tier here. So, Cossacks. They, I, I, I do enjoy a good Cossack. They're very nice. Um, I mean, that's, that's the thing as well. Like, all these units, they, they, they rank in specifically also by what they replace. Yeah. Uh, so cavalry units are by default better because cavalry units are still OP in my opinion in the game, which means the Cossacks, which is a cavalry replacement, is awesome. And like any naval ship, all of a sudden becomes trash. Ah, that's yeah, which point. probably is also why the Conquistador is there too, because I find the musketmen to be so OP because of the introduction of gunpowder into it and their just sheer power, and the Conquistador is even better. The, the thing, and no nighter. Con- the, yeah, that. No nighter and the fact that it can uh, convert captured cities, so it helps you if you're doing religious game. And it's really easy to give it a plus 10 uh, combat strength. And plus 10 is a lot in this game. A whole lot. That The Conquistador is really good. You just have to play differently with it. And uh, I think I made this argument a while ago on... on uh, the Reddit, our Sifcast Reddit, uh, Reddit, like Spain is not necessarily a religious game uh, guy. No, no. They're actually really good at domination with their conquistadors. Those conquistadors will wreck everybody. I have no experience with the conquistadors for very obvious reasons because of my playstyle, so I can't comment on them at all. Yeah. yeah they're great. <laughs> they're really great. I think we talked legions last week. Did we talk about? I I think we did. 
Uh, I, at least we talked about them recently. They ranked in at the A tier list. Valter, you did. Yeah, right. Is that part of your historical or your uh, strategy session? Last yeah, week? it was my strategy because I talked about Trajan and 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 uh, why he is a good guy and stuff like that. How you play with him and the Legion is definitely a part of that. It's a bit more expensive and the production is. Um, it, uh, like the production cost prevents S tier, and I completely agree with it. The little mm. production hike that it is with another twenty production in, in that era is a lot, but um, yeah, it's really good. Just because you can repair as well, you don't have to use builders for that. That's really really powerful, and a little bit of extra melee strength uh, makes it makes it so worthwhile. I'm highlighting one that I agree with uh, completely is the Congo's unique uh, unit, who the Nagao Mabemba, if I'm saying that correctly, who's the replacement to a swordsman. Uh, Yonker wrote, very situational. I agree with that. Now, I came in B tier. I think that's a good place for him as well. Uh, his melee strength... Uh, is that say it went down? I'm I'm either doing really bad at reading it, or misunderstanding. It does right. say it went down. Wow. Is that true? I don't doubt you, Yonker, from where you pulled that info, but that that's weird. Uh, so they get no movement penalty for woods or rainforest. So I, I've been in a couple games where it's been a very interesting attempt to use the rainforest against the AI in that way. So, you know, the Congo gets a... Um, they're more prone to spawning in a rainforest area. And so yeah. if you're keeping your cities in them, or at least surrounded by the rainforest, it, it does make it hard for them to get units to you in a timely manner. That being said, I have noticed these these units are pretty flimsy in terms of, in that game, I was going up against, I was taking these Nagao Mbembas up against Eagle Warriors quite often. And though you can see the melee difference here that the aztec uh, warrior is less uh melee strength i was getting torn apart pretty quickly i don't know what was up with that but i don't know if it was the difficulty i was playing on but the eagle warriors were ripping apart my nagao mbembas i so, mean that's the thing right i mean it, it, uh, if you are playing against uh the aztecs they just need to have a couple of melee uh, a couple of luxury resources to make their units stronger. For every yep. luxury resource, you get plus one strength. The fact that his um, melee strength is decreased, and I, I checked, it is. It, it went from 36 to 35, indeed. That makes it so much closer in range of, of the Eagle Warrior who got a buff already, yeah. had a couple of luxury resources, and they're on par or even better. So definitely, I mean... It's very situational, and the no movement penalty for woods or rainforest. You got to be lucky to use it offensively, and that makes it indeed situational because you don't always defend. And if you defend, I think range units are much better at it. Agreed, uh, very much agreed. It was it was pretty sad in that that uh, that situation to see them get ripped apart as the Congo unique unit. I mean, I was just like, wow, you guys are supposed to be my my front line here, but just. They were kind of uh, paper soldiers up against those uh, Eagle Warriors. And this is way earlier on, and I really yeah. haven't thought of it since then. But you're probably right, Valter. They, the, the Aztecs probably got huge buffs from their luxury resources. That's probably where that started to level out. So very sad that they yeah. didn't do better. But B is pretty sufficient for them. I'm okay with that. No iron made it really nice that, that didn't require that. And that's the thing. Like, every special unit doesn't require uh, a strategic resource. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's that, that's the thing that they put in for every unit so that you always will be able to build your unique unit. Um, and that, that makes it nice, but iron is usually in an abundance throughout the whole world. I don't think I've had any game where I was lacking iron so much. So, yeah. Yeah, I've had a couple. Should had I been more um, militaristic and maybe pushed a bit further faster, but I have had situations semi recently where I couldn't get iron at the right exact time, and so it kind of reduced my effectiveness of where the swordsmen fit in chronologically. Like they, by the time I got iron, it was a little bit late, and they were getting upgraded anyway. Um, but to your point, that's, that's interesting too. I, you're right. Some of these resources are so widely spread that in a way I don't feel like you have to fight for them as hard in certain games. Others, it's like a drought for me. I don't know. I think another unit that, that you should probably, uh, 
put out there as well is uh, uh, Alexander has two unique units, right? So one of them is pretty, pretty good. That is his horseman replacement guy. And uh, he put it in the A tier, which I completely agree with. But the other Alexander unit, the, the, the one that replaces, I, I believe it was the swordsman, it's not that good, actually. It's actually pretty bad. And I completely agree with that uh, here as well. Let's see. Wait. So for Alexander, here's the one. Uh, who's the other one? Is he on this list? Am I missing? Or am I completely making? No, no, no. You're right. Not. He has two, but I don't see the other one on this list. Um, I thought I saw it on the list. Let at least I didn't by sorting it by. Uh, I only see one Alexander on mine, unless I'm. Yeah. The, the, uh, oh, yeah. He puts it as Macedon because it's a Macedon replacement. Oh, oh, I see here. Oh, okay. Oh, there we go. Yep. Duh. Uh, I mean, it yeah. has plus five melee against districts and plus fifty percent support, and I'm still not completely sure what the plus fifty percent support actually means. It, it, I think uh, there's an upgrade path for the spearman units as well, which they get plus one hundred strength support, and I'm, I, I, it's, I'm still not sure what it actually means. Well, that doesn't uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I totally am, but I, it doesn't that mean that they're getting bonuses from their support units, but. I guess that would, at this point in time in history, uh, only pretty much mean battering rams and stuff, right? Yeah, but it's not like they get 50% combat bonus, so I'm I'm not exactly sure how that translates into the game. Uh, I've tried it with when I, uh, I built a hoplite army uh, and paired it with, with um, battering rams and such like that, and I, I didn't see a big change in there, so I'm not sure what it is, but um, yeah, it, the hippie hippie spit. Damn, that's that's hard to say. Oh, uh, it's 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 it, it's not a good unit. I tried, I played around with it, but now just go build some more of his his horseman replacements because those are actually really good. So I probably shouldn't be reading this on air, but because uh, I don't, I'm just not reading it quickly enough. But support bonus in combat, how do you get it? The person says, I have hoplites who get double the combat when they are on the same hex as a support unit. And the per one of the replies is, that promotion is misleading. It is worded wrong. Support in this case is plus two combat bonus you get for having an ally military unit adjacent to you when you are being attacked, which appears oh, after like you have the civic... Uh, of military tradition, they believe. The promotion doubles the bonus from plus two to plus four. It doesn't double your co uh, your total combat score and has nothing to do with support units. <laughs> the person writes, yeah, so it's, what it's a poorly the, the worded flanking. description. <laughs> it's the flanking stuff. That makes a bit of sense. Um, that makes it still super underwhelming because that's a small bonus only. Yeah, I, I, that's interesting. That is very poorly worded. That person is correct. I am very confused by it. It uh, works well with the hoplites, though, who would like to have adjacent hoplites and stuff like that. So, uh -huh. because they can get the the support bonus and stuff like that, and the hoplites are are A tier, and I, I agree with them. Um, you just need to have a couple of them to take a city, and usually do have more than one of them available. Uh, just chain them around the city with like three or four of them, and it will fall. Now, this list has me wanting to try a lot of different... Like, I actually want to play more of these. This, some of them that I've tested in the past. Like, Eagle Warriors, now that I feel like I understand them a little bit better, I kind of want to uh, go play them more. Even though... So, two things for me that I learned today is, one, I didn't realize the Eagle Warrior capturing thing was a percentage chance. I thought it had happened all the time, but maybe that's just the game that I was if in. Only. rolled better than not. And then the other thing is I didn't realize that they – I forgot that they got the bonus from Luxury Resources. So who knows? I was probably playing that game totally wrong, but it's been a long time since I played the Aztecs. You're really hunting for Luxury Resources when you're the Aztecs because this is a thing not only for the Eagle Warrior, but it's for all your units. Yeah. And that's so good. That really yeah, bumps them up on the military scale for me. Yeah. I was going to say um, with regards to this month's SynthCast Challenge, um, I'm going to do the Norway Science Victory because I've never done that before. And I, I mean – that pretty much, because it's on Pangaea, that negates um, the uh, longboat from the equation, the Viking longship. So they have two, though. They have the Berserker. 
Um, and I don't know if I've ever built a Berserker. And I'm looking at the Berserker stats. He has the Berserker in, I think, D tier, right? Yeah, D tier, with the yep. criticism that it's very squishy versus range, useless in Siege, and the tech required is a dead end. Um, <clears throat> this is not going to be useful in a science game. Because in science games, you're generally playing defensive. And um, the Berserker has minus seven stats when they're playing defense and plus seven when they're playing offense. So the Berserker is the kind of unique unit that is basically solely for attack. Like, I'm not going to be building Berserkers to defend my insulated science-based sieve. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting. We'll just say I that. mean, the, the, the thing is as well, if you're playing a science game, you're not going to research that tech because we talked sure. about this last week. This tag leads to absolutely nothing good for you while you want to rush towards the tags that actually make you win the game. <laughs> yeah. So it's just wasted turns. It's true. That's very. That's a very good way of putting it. it it's funny how this kind of uh, the the victory conditions of this are going to totally shape the outcome of uh, what text you even go for. Uh, very very interested to see yeah. how these go. This is going to be a good that's, challenge. I think so. Yeah. I just. I think that this is such a great discussion, this unique unit discussion, because it brings individual flavor in too, right? Like, I mean, Voucher, you're really keen on cavalry units in general, right? Absolutely. And Kyle, you're kind of more keen on the on the naval unit. Yeah, you know, yes, yes, I am. Yeah, I was kind of going to rebut it because I rarely, because to, to our ongoing discussion, they half serve no purpose at the moment. Yeah, so it's. I don't know. It's cool. I really like, I guess to summarize it, I really like how they've done unique units in this game. It feels like going back to Civ 4, which is when I really got invested. And certainly with Civ 5, I feel like, again, this is another big thing they've done that really allows us to differentiate the Civs by flavor, by play style, by approach and everything. Because I think that these unique units, yeah, sure, some of them have similar kind of um, niches or whatever, but they do feel very, very different with very unique and specific um, statistical changes and differences. Definitely yeah. agree. Uh, Valter, based on our time here, well, actually, does anyone have anything else to say about this tier list before we move on? Because we're kind of, how, what are we doing here time-wise? Uh, we are at 40-some minutes. Actually, we should probably save our, our chat of uh, trade routes and air warfare for next week. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, you're probably still not going to have any news. So. Yeah, I mean, these leaders, someday. Uh, did we share that? Did you guys talk about uh, it being on QA on the show? I don't know if we actually did that. No, right? we didn't share it Why don't it you yet. give people an update quickly? So I scoured the interwebs once again to look for any tiny clue that we might get to when uh, the DLC might drop. So we have now semi confirmation that the quality assurance guys do have the DLC and depending on um, how bad they actually made it, it might sooner or later come to us. But there was also a post by the company that um, to convert the, the Windows version of, of, of the DLC and the expansion stuff like that to the Linux and Mac version. And they said that they expect it to drop in July. Now, what wasn't clear out of that was if it is July for the Mac and uh, Linux version or the Windows version. But people assume it's going to be for, for the Mac and Linux version based upon the fact that... Um, we have the DLC at the Q&A guys at the moment, and there's about a month every time between when the Windows version drops and the Mac and Linux version drops. So that time-wise would make sense that it happens, well, in Ju June for the Windows users and July for the Mac and Linux users. So. That's all we know for now. Uh, I'm excited. I really, I can't wait to get our hands on these new people. I want to know who they are too. I mean, that's going to be part of the fun of it alone. Is just figuring out Absolutely. when they announce. Ah, uh, I'm so curious. That episode, I was had so much fun. That one where we worked on narrowing down who we thought it might be. So it's going to be fun <laughs> to uh, put those those thoughts to the test. And and we've had a lot of fun people on uh, on Reddit and such also spitball who they think it's going to be. So super yeah. curious. Uh, Dan, do you want to take it away and give us your historical minute for this week? Sure. And actually, um, I don't have a historical minute this week because what I have is a 30 of them that didn't come out right. I have 30 historical <laughs> minutes. 
God, that sounded so, so much better in my head. Uh, I have them coming out on the uh, historical extra, which Kyle and I uh, will be recording shortly um, after we're done recording this episode. Uh, so the historical extra is my kind of deep dive into a historical topic, not necessarily one that pertains to Civ, mind you. Um, and uh, yeah, it goes about half an hour and we, we go deep into these historical things and I try and impart some hopefully new knowledge. Hopefully it's not all old knowledge that you already knew. Um, and we're going to be recording this afternoon. And Kyle, I think it's going to be coming out on uh, Tuesday. Uh, let's see. Uh, actually, you know what? We might push that, put that one out right away because we kind of owe you guys. We got caught up with stuff in May. So we might just go ahead. <laughs> Dan, looks like your laptop almost went on an adventure there. Yeah, 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 that's okay. fun. Uh, we might we might put that out just this afternoon, tomorrow, something like that. And then Valter's got a histor or a, he's got a historical thing. He's got a strategy session coming. Uh, so maybe we'll let Valter explain a little bit of that too. You want to tell us what your thing's going to be? Yeah, I did a strategy session about the religious victory because it's a relig- it's a victory type that people either love or hate. I know that Kyle is not much a fan of it, but I personally love it. Just kidding. Oh. Kidding, kidding. But I really love the religious victory. Um, I I can understand its drawbacks, but I go in a little bit like how I would set up my my nation to go for religious victory, how to build up to it, and how to guarantee that even on a higher difficulty, you will get your religion. So that's that's going to be interesting. So you guys are going to get a jam-packed amount of content if you're a patron subscriber or a Patreon subscriber, shall I say. Uh, you're going to get Dan's Historical Extra probably tomorrow, and then Valter's will come on Wednesday. And then uh, <laughs> thankfully Dan has made time in his schedule, so we're going to get you an extra one here. Uh, we're going to get you – you're going to get May's Historical Extra today or tomorrow, and then you're going to get uh, June's Historical Extra probably around the 21st. So you guys can look forward yeah. to that as well. Which I think generally is going to be the time that we're going to do it going forward. Yeah, so so it'll be um it'll be basically the well, it's hard to say. I guess it, so after the first weekend of the month you're going to get Valter's strategy session and then after the third weekend of the month you're going to get Dan's historical extra. And uh, I might as well put those up on the Patreon account so people can actually check it out and find that information in one spot. Uh, but huge, huge, huge thank you to our patrons that, that made this happen. Uh, without further ado, Valter, do you want to tell us what your strategy uh, tip is for this week? Yes, today I'll be talking about Tomiris or Scythia. And uh, Scythia is actually the, the, the nation that I recommend that if you're not familiar with the religious victory, go play Scythia for the religious victory because they're actually kind of geared towards that, even though you won't say that much from their bonuses. And the reason why is all because of the killer of Cyrus' uh, ability. And it says, all units receive plus five combat strength when attacking wounded units. It's not that interesting if you're playing a religious game, right? But when they eliminate a unit, they heal up to 50 hit points. And you have the, the the apostle kind of rap battles where they scream at each other like which god is, is cooler and they diss each other and they get hurt about it. Um, when you kill an apostle with your apostle, that also triggers. So it's a really easy way of healing up your apostle by killing other apostles, which is a really large part of the religious victory. Beyond that, if you don't want to do a religious thing, totally understandable. They are the best, probably, no, not maybe the best, but really, 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 really good at doing a domination game. Um, Because they receive a second light cavalry unit each time you train a light cavalry unit. I mean, they also get a shack horse archer if you train one of those, but... They're not that great, so don't bother. Just build tons and tons of light horse archers um, whenever they are available. Rush towards that and go on a killing spree because here they will get that 5% uh, five combat bonus strength when attacking wounded units. And when they kill somebody, they heal up 50 health as well. Awesome. Really, really good. I mean, they can also build the Kurgan, which is a unique builder ability, and I've talked about that before. <laughs> I'm not a fan of those, so just just leave that away. But build tons of cavalry units. You get one for free, 
and you can literally swarm the world with your horses. Just just feel like you're Genghis Khan or something like that, swapping around with all your horses through the plains, raping and pillaging all everywhere and stuff like that. There you go. I yeah, I agree with Dan's face there. That is that is ha- happy Sunday, everybody. <laughs> you go enjoy go. Sunday how you do it best. <laughs> Thank you, Valter. I appreciate that. Uh, okay, everybody, that kind of brings us to the end of this episode. We're hopefully going to have some new Firaxis news for you in these next coming weeks, as we keep saying. Uh, in the meantime, go check out our friends over at nontoxicgaming.com. We gave them a shout-out at the beginning of the show, but I think you guys will find them very interesting. There are a lot of streamers there that you can check out, so when we wrap up, you guys should go watch some of their things. If you want to help bring these shows uh, on a weekly basis, uh, coming live and all that great stuff, go help us out on patreon.com backslash civcast. Uh, That's a huge, huge, huge help to us. If you need anything, the website is kyledempsterstudios.com forward slash civcast or or our new URL, which is civcastpodcast.com forward slash civcast, making it easy for you guys, whatever way you prefer. That's where you're going to get links to download the show. You can find our links to our live streams. Uh, You can watch all of these uh, episodes recorded and placed on YouTube and archives. You can enjoy those after the fact. Uh, Over on Twitter, I'm at KyleDempster7, Dan is at DanTheMax, and Valter is at Innocentia69. As well, the show is at Civ underscore cast. Uh, what else do we have for you guys? The Reddit, the subreddit is Civcast. Uh, wait, Civ. Yeah, Civcast.reddit.com. I'm just rattling these off from memory, not actually looking at the notes. So hopefully, I'm doing okay. Um, and our our email is civcastpodcast at gmail.com. As always, you can email us anything you would like. Give us some tips uh, on different things to talk about for our upcoming episodes. Definitely go check out uh, Yonkers' awesome um, unique unit list. We're going to have that linked over on what's on the subreddit, but we're going to put it in the show notes as well, so you can find it. If you're listening to this in audio form, it's going to be right in your podcast player, or it's going to be up in the stickied note at the top of our subreddit. So give that some love. Share your thoughts on uh, unique units. Tell us what you would move around in the queue um, I think that about wraps it up for this week, though. Thank you to everyone that joined us in the chat. Yonker, thanks for being here and chatting back and forth with us throughout. I uh, hope to see you guys there live next week. So uh, keep your fingers crossed my computer works. I've been having some fun with that, as the guys know. It's been uh, been a little bit tumultuous. I'm going to get a new motherboard this week. So keep your fingers crossed. Until next week, everyone, just one more turn. You're listening to CivCast on the Kyle Dempster Studios Network. For more shows like this, visit kyledempsterstudios.com.